This episode was sponsored by The Bean Workshop. The Bean Workshop is a bookish shop that sells officially licensed merchandise from authors such as Sarah J. Maas, Allie Hazelwood, and Scarlett St. Clair, as well as indie authors including our very own Juliana Smith and Amanda Chaperone. Min was nice enough to provide a discount code to our listeners, so if you head over to her shop, you can save 10% store-wide if you use the code HEARTBREAKERS10. And don't forget to follow Min on Instagram at The Bean Workshop. Welcome back, Heartbreakers. I'm Amanda here with my co-hosts. I'm Madison. I'm Juliana. That was perfect, actually. We literally can't do this without her laughing. You're good. Just leave it. We can never do this without her laughing. I just get tickled every time, and it's because I know I'm not supposed to. It's every time. (laughs) If you tell me not to laugh, I'm going to laugh. I laugh at funerals. I can't help it. (laughs) So on today's episode, we have Jada Ronan with us. Say hi, Jada. Hi. Um, her setup is 10 times better than ours is so because you know podcast girly and all I'm an experienced woman what can I yeah, say well it's kind of weird because <laughs> you're the first like interviewee we've had that's also like a podcast host as well so it's like you know both sides of it which is fun 100 percent. I I know the game yeah. and I know the editing yeah it's super. <laughs> I, love it. I love it so much. This is why I wait until Sunday nights to edit because I just like put it off until the last. Oh, week. there's no other way to do it. Yep. I feel better now that I got that out there. They know, like, I'll text them at like three o'clock on Sundays and I'll be like, oh, it's done. Like, bitch, you had two weeks to do it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, recent reads. Mads? When was the last time we recorded? Was it the ninth? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, I remember. Okay, so I was 96% through Practice Makes Perfect when we recorded last time. Oh, yeah, time. that's right. So I finished yeah. that. Lovely. Um, I listened to Mixed Signals, listened to X's and O's, listened to From the Jump by Lacey Walden. And I'm currently listening to every summer after I feel like I've read more than that that's only four books in two weeks and that doesn't seem right but I I haven't been writing that much either so I honestly don't know what I'm supposed to scrolling TikTok probably I know we fell out of our ice band of barbarians run there for a minute took a break I really feel like I think it's just because you read so much before that now you feel like is that all I read now yeah, you guys were literally flying through those we were literally reading like 15 books a week <laughs> like crazy. it was insane they're not more than like 250 pages right no nah, they're short perfect little bundles of joy oh, little pieces of chocolate wrapped in gold I guess it really hasn't been two weeks it's been like Blue chocolate 10 days one one yes. yeah okay that's not so bad but I really thought I'd I don't know what I've been doing then writing wise either. Cause I mean, God, it's a big I fat think. nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. I think I was at like 25 K when we were on last time. I'm at 28 now. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Was I formatting? Probably. Or, no, I think that was done already. I was trying to help you. 
but I don't know where the last 10 days have gone. I'm feeling kind of like anxious now. What have I done? She doesn't know. Oh, I remember. Okay. 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 It was Josh's sister's birthday and then Josh's birthday. And then we had that work banquet that we had to go to. So oh, yeah. Like, you've been busy. All of my social calendar is gone. <laughs> That's just too, I mean, I'm done through May now. I can't do anything else. Okay. That's it. That's what I've been reading and writing. Jules. Um, I've read a bunch, actually. Okay. So I, I, let me, let me oh. see. And I've been reading through per my last email and dear Adam. That's what I've been. Yes. Love that. Um, I fell out of my, like I said, I fell out of my ice pen of barbarians. I got through the third ice home in the series and then I stopped. Um, We only read the first two. I started the third is what I mean. I didn't get through. I'm sorry. I didn't get through the third. I started the third. And then I was like, how dare you? No, I, me when you texted me and threw such a fit when I said I was going to start. I was about to say, I did not start it. it, but it wasn't one that seemed that exciting either. I don't think it was Willa's Beast or something. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. yeah it was fine. Whatever. Okay. So um, I reread The Temporary Rumi by Sarah Adams and Practice Makes Perfect by Sarah Adams. And then I started listening to, to the cheat sheet again, but that's one that I can listen to on and off. Like I don't have to listen through the whole thing, you know, because I've read it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Powerless, which is a new Elsie Silver book. Super cute. I loved it. Um, I read Not Here to Stay Friends by Caitlin Hill. Um, it was really cute. It's ARC, um, right? I have one of that too. Yeah, I got that from NetGalley. I think she's a newer author. Maybe not. No, she wrote one other book, Love from Scratch. I um, read that still. But Not Here to Stay Friends. It was cute. I liked it. Um, I feel like there's some other stuff. Hold on. I got my Kindle and I'm missing something. I reread Hook, Lincoln, and Sinker again. I reread X's and O's twice in one week. I'm obsessed. I can't, I can't stop. It is the right, and it's not so much the story as it is the writing style. Like when I am in a specific mood for her writing style, I can't get out of it. It's like how I am with Sarah Adams. Like when I'm in that mood for that really light and fluffy, yep. like funny, not super serious my kind of style writing I'm just like whoo I just don't want to leave it so I've been that's why I've been reading a lot of like light and fluffy rom-coms um I think they help inspire me when I'm editing and getting through I'm like okay let me just push through this rough stage with per my last email to the good side speaking of writing update I (laughs) I'm still editing per my last email it's still a mess um I added like three new scenes to it still at beta readers going through it it's a lot but it'll be good when it's over and then have you been working on book four or have you been working on I can fix that like you're supposed to now (laughs) I've been working on book four oh my gosh no not that well no 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 just the first chapter because the first the only reason why is the first chapter is going to the in the end of per my last email so I wanted to write it first so I just started it. I am not going to make sure you send that to me too and I'll proofread it. Yes, I'll put it in there. I'm going to put it at the very bottom of Permanent Last Email. Um, it started out cute though. I've already, li- I already like it way more than I like Permanent Last Email. I plotted it. She does it. this every time. Literally every time you do this. Every time. She's You're like on to the next the book that she wrote and then she starts writing the next one. She's like, wow, I hate everything about the last book that I wrote. You're like <laughs> on to the next new, new shiny thing and you still have like four months, three months before 
for my last email even comes out. I know. I know. Terrible. That's such a mood though. I'm like literally in the same boat as you. I can't so help it. I can't help it. I'm just <laughs> excited for new stuff. So anyway, per my last email, I don't, oh, I can't say the name of the second one. I almost yeah. said it. No. Um, that one I started, I'm not going to do anything more than the first chapter, but I do need to have it at the I'll very believe end. it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not, but I, I also wrote, um, three chapters in Grant's point of view so I'm making progress I'm making progress I'm proud of you I can fix that um I just basically want it to not suck anymore like I want it to people to read it and be like this is a solid three stars I want three star reviews on it that's that's the goal <laughs> she's right doing now. what I did with rewriting just go with it for our audiobook publisher yeah I'm just like I, the only reason I'm doing it is for the audiobook because I cannot listen to what I wrote without cringing so I just need it to not make me cringe that's it it doesn't even have to be good like just fine I'll settle for fine Um, writer's therapy (laughs) (laughs) we have to consistently talk her off a ledge like it's a daily thing no but I feel you more than Juliana I don't know it's a tie honestly (laughs) they never have to talk me off a ledge I can tell you that much maybe like once a month I spiral but I mean every now and then you'll be like my book sucks everything sucks there's nothing good and we'll have to spiral often but when you spiral you spiral harder than all the rest of us combined very true we do light spirals sprinkle throughout the month (laughs) I do one and it's like full fucking scent (laughs) (laughs) that's because you're a Capricorn this is true I am a Capricorn (laughs) that is why it's like everything just stays like this. And then when I blow, I blow. So, well, you're like all business, like you're, you've like got like your things set in stone. And then by the time everything just catches up to you and then you implode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's when I go have a panic attack in my closet. And then I'm. (laughs) (laughs) That's true for you as well. I'm, I'm a nanny. And so, uh, literally at work, uh, the two-year-old I nanny wanted to sit in his closet in the dark and wanted me to sit with him and I was sitting there and I was like I get this I like to do this at home too it makes sense I think the problem is it's just it's just so overstimulating knowing that your work is out there for like everyone to read Mm -hmm. you know it's like a good thing of anybody I went to high school with reading any of the words I put out of my mouth makes me violently ill I hate that. So the fact <laughs> that they know that I've wrote a book makes me just like, mm, like just <laughs> stand it. Even though I haven't seen them since. Juliana oh, also didn't oh tell God. even her family until like two months ago. Yeah. I only have two family members that know, but that's for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. I told my husband and my boss knows about it for my whole family nine months my 10 months or so except I won't let my dad read them but I mean my sister <laughs> is one of my my sister is one of my arc readers so I told mom, everyone grandma, I knew and then immediately regretted them. it yeah I regret it sometimes um when I run into like my elementary school teachers and they're like you wrote a book and I'm like yes never read it <laughs> that's usually how it goes my husband is my arc reader, so he, he gets the the dirty, the first pass. Yeah. I don't let Justin read it. 
he tries so hard he wants to read it so bad and I'm like you do not no you don't why not I'm so nervous oh I just I don't want him to think I'm Want him to think I'm still the cool wife. He's married. To you. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> I still want him to think he that he already I'm knows cool. you're lame. True. Does he though? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just I'm so nervous. I still get nervous about what he thinks. Not that like like he's so sweet and he's like, why do you care? And I'm like, I just do. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Just stay in your corner over there. You're making me nervous. <laughs> I don't want him to read it at all. I may let him listen to the audiobook. I may let that work out. That may work, you know. If you would edit it, you have to get that done first. I'm at baggage claim. He won't ever get to see or hear a word if I can fix that. You That's a baggage claim? What they're reading right yeah. He, uh, he can read baggage claim. Can I do my mm-hmm. recent reads? Yeah. You need I really wouldn't mind him reading for my last email either. What'd you say, Madison? You need to ask someone else what they're reading. I thought I already did. I mean, what you been reading? I think the last thing that I remember talking about was um, I read a couple of Ali Sis books and then I was also like I had just started listening to Book Lovers. So I finished Book Lovers. I finished the third U of J book by Ali Sis, which is called Playing for Keeps. I've also listened to um, Well Traveled by Jen DeLuca. And then this week I finished, well, in the last couple of weeks, I finished four, three of my editing projects, which has been nice to get those off the table. Um, one of them is Long Live by VB Lacey. Highly recommend everybody check it out when it comes out in August. And then I just finished another one today, but she hasn't announced the title or anything. E- neither of the other two have. Um, and then I am also listening to When in Rome by Sarah Adams and working on a reread of crown of midnight and that's where i'm at writing i have not worked on anything that i have written i have been working on everybody else's books so that's where i'm at jada what have you been reading yeah sorry you're good i have been reading the third book in ember in the ashes it's taken me a long time to get through this series ember in the ashes was a five out of five star read for me and then I took a year break from it and I've been listening to audiobook on Libby, which I highly recommend. All the narrators are great. And it just kind of like feels like I'm listening to a movie and I'm able to like imagine everything in my head because of like how descriptive the writing is. But I'm reading that. And then I'm also reading, I believe it's pronounced Ashling. The cover is super pretty. It is a Narnia-inspired fantasy. Ooh. I'm loving that right now. Mm. Yeah, good. Narnia-inspired. The writing is very, it's also very descriptive, but like in a different way. It's like very beautiful in the way that it describes the world. The world building is like really intense. So if you're not someone who doesn't like world building, I wouldn't read this book, but um, it's definitely giving what it promises in the realm of Narnia. And then I haven't been reading as much contemporary lately, but I feel another Dilf purge coming on because <laughs> I, <laughs> I read Mafia Dilf and I also read um, contemporary Dilf romances to kind of like purge my writing because 
most of my writing is very grim and dark and like gory and bloody. And so in between that, I just read about men with children. (laughs) I love men with children. I'm married to one. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Jada, would you mind telling us how you got into writing? Yeah, so I'm a Pisces. I've disassociated since the age of three. And during my period of my long-held disassociation, I just thought of so many stories in my head. Um, You know, one where people are getting brutally murdered, like at all hours of the day. And eventually I just decided to write it down. How wonderful is that? (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. love okay so tell us a little bit about your book yeah how was pub week pub week was awesome and also horrible like madison was like there's nothing like pub day and i'm sitting here like yeah there's nothing like it Honestly, I am such a selfish artist or like selfish creator in the sense that, so full transparency, A Deadly Vow is my first book that I have ever fully written. Uh, I wrote like on a serious note, poetry pretty much like my entire life. I did spoken word poetry, things like that. And you can see it in my writing, like my book is very poetically written and that's just because that's how I write let's talk about a deadly vow yeah what do you want to know I'm so bad about talking about my own book I swear trust us so are we give us tropes give us a trope rundown oh god okay (laughs) tropes (laughs) what is even in my book um enemies to lovers Thank you, Madison. <laughs> yeah, slow burn, enemies to lovers, who hurt you. Apparently, there is a one horse trope, which I didn't even I didn't even think about when I was writing it, but one horse is on there. To this day, I believe that one horse is better than one bed. True, true. Like a fate of wrath and flame, one horse. An outlander. Also one horse, also fabulous. What else is there? I mean, there's a huge revenge plot line. Like we can talk about tropes, but because they're there a hundred percent, but it is like very revenge plot line. I mean, like within the first three chapters, like my characters are just going through it. It is a, it is a very fast paced book. Like you open page one and you're hitting the ground running. Like I do not stop to like tell you about the world building. It is woven no, in no there. I'm slow world building. It's just like you are thrown in this world. No. Yeah. Like I literally, I'm like, hi, welcome to a deadly vow. You're about to get drop kicked. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I mean, one of my characters, you meet her when she's like literally getting sacrificed Narnia style and like a rock slab by her father. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's like intense. It's an intense read. I love that. It I doesn't think- matter how much I try and tell people that they don't believe me, though. <laughs> it, does. it does start off that way. And that's all in like the first three chapters. And then it slows down a little. 
Yeah, a little. Not too much, but I mean, it's less. Uh, It also has magical bonds in it, forced marriage. What's the magic system like? The magic system is is inspired by Avatar The Last Airbender, except it's following like a celestial theme. So the earth, moon, and stars. So uh, my two characters, my two main characters, one is from the Solstice Kingdom. So sun, he uses fire magic. And then my female main character is from the Kingdom of Nover. And they use... Well, the kingdom of Nover is the kingdom of light and starfalls. So she is able to manipulate light and can also use star power. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came up with the names for your characters? Revenge. Um, <laughs> no, I, so I have always had like, a little bit of like phonological dyslexia and I'm not kidding like I mean like when I was in elementary school like I have like memories of my mom just like holding up like phonics like character cards and like being in like these classrooms where they were trying to like get rid of like some of my stuttering I mean the whole nine yards um And so I didn't realize when I was reading all these fantasy books until I started talking about them on the internet that I pronounce every single character's name wrong. Like, not just, like, one or two. Like, I pronounce all of them wrong. And not only that, like, for example, uh, one of, like, everyone's favorite Germione fanfics, I thought it was (laughs) manacled. Like... I didn't question it. I 100% was like, it's manacled. <laughs> it is not, it, I think it's like manacled or something is how you pronounce it. So like, I know what words mean. I just don't know how they are said out loud. And I think that I'm right. Like, I don't know why I'm just so confident. So when I was creating my characters names, I said, well, fuck it. This is my house. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Well, I didn't think about the consequences of that. (laughs) In that, while I was trying to create chaos, I did in fact create chaos. And no one really knows what my main male character's name is supposed to be forever. (laughs) So, funny enough, again, I think I've talked about like on my social medias, like how I have like this weird, like I just, very oddly will like use things or create things and they just like somehow have like bomb ass foreshadowing well one of those things was kai's name because i was like there's not a name like kai k-e-a-h-i there's not a name like that no there is in fact a name like that and it is hawaiian it's kiahi is like how they pronounce it and it means the fire literally that is the name. Love that. I was like, huh, that's creepy. But <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. But yeah, some people pronounce it Kihi. 
Some people pronounce it Kihai. I pronounce it Kai, like Kai Parker on the Vampire Diaries. I love that reference because every time I hear the name Kai, that's who I think of. So, oh my gosh, and I loved his character. Oh my god, I, loved, I mean, he was horrible, but I loved awful, him. How could you not? I know, he was, right? Like, awful, but he balanced it with enough humor that it was just like utter perfection. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> just my kind of guy yeah like he killed like an entire family and like a pregnant <laughs> like it was horrible yeah, and he was like totally fine with it and he, then he was laughing about it and it's just like so sadistic i would say spoiler alert but it's been out for like forever yeah, it's, like if you if you haven't watched vampire diaries like you deserve to have it spoiled <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Vampire Diaries all the way through. Oops. Spoiler alert. That's okay. I don't think that I will. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not going to lie. Like, I was watching it on TV when it was out, and I watched it up until like one season finished, and then I I don't remember why I didn't start the next you season. You missed whenever the it came best out. part. Yeah. Season I four remember. is elite. I really hate the finale. Well, I think I might have watched that, though. I don't remember where I left off. The finale sucked ass. No, after season six. Yeah, you're just better off going to the originals. The originals was fucking fire. I I did watch that, so I know I made it that far. But I love Klaus so much. Oh, my (laughs) God, Klaus Michelson. He is like, I am not really like a blonde hair. But who? For him? Any Michelson. Could take me, and I would say thank you. (laughs) But especially Klaus. But also Rebecca. Rebecca, a hundred percent. Um, were you a Claroline fan? Um, not really. Don't. Why? I don't know. I just wasn't. You're wrong. Okay. (laughs) What made you decide to self-publish? Elise Kova. I love Elise Kova. If you don't know who that is, she is an indie fantasy author. I didn't even know when I read her books at first, um, her Air Week, her Air Awakens series, that she was a self-published author. And then when I found out that she was a self-published author, I was like, this bitch is on a whole fucking level. Like, she just is that girl. Um, and she has a really great um email list for authors like she has her book list and she also has like a author listing where she like sends out advice every month to newer authors and like she's got some of the best advice out there i know the answer to this but are you a pantser or a plotter (laughs) i am a hardcore pantser I mean, like, to the extreme, and it drives my editor nuts. (laughs) No, I'm definitely, like, the first round, I always, like, will 100%, like, pants my way through the whole thing. I mean, I discovery, right? I I mean, it's very rare that I will actually sit down and do anything um, prep work. But after the first draft, I start going in hard. Um, I generally at least try to do one pass before I send off to my editor, 100%. She did not. I can promise you that much. And I feel like, oh, go ahead. I feel like 
like literally like all of my foreshadowing is there like for the end of the book it's just there's so much that if like you're not in the headspace to like really sit down and read through the book like it's gonna come up on you and then it's gonna come up on you fast but it's all there a hundred percent especially the end how long does it take you start to finish well how long did it for a deadly vow I think the first draft was three months, but the first draft was like 80,000 words because I'm an underwriter. And then I went and built in more after that. You're not done with the first draft of the second book yet, right? No, I'm about like 60,000 words in, but I think all of my other books from here on out are going to be a little bit more of like a hefty baby, which... Book one is like 328 pages on print, but it's like 444 on Kindle. So like whatever, but it's like a hundred K K word novel. So yeah, I'm looking, no, it's 120. My bad. It's 120 K, but I'm looking at probably 160 K. What size font and things are you using? Because my books are like 320 pages and they're like 80,000 words what's the trim size on this yeah oh yeah because that obviously affects it too yeah the trim size isn't it's like it's smaller I didn't format my book I had someone else format for me for free and I'll I'll take anything for free what is it though like uh what do you do Amanda for yours I do five and a half by eight and a half yeah is that what yours is I have no idea you didn't have little, to put I it in on Ingram than that. Um, Wait, I think I'm six by nine. Yeah, I was going to say because oh. like FTB is 116 and it's like 370 ish. So that would make sense. for you. No, yeah, I'm six by nine. I don't think I understood what question you were asking. When you said a number, I was like, my brain just went blank. <laughs> yeah, I no, stopped I thinking. Because my trim size is like. 5.25 by 8 right is that what mine is I think so yeah so my my book is just like a lot smaller it's a little bit there's just so much like political intrigue that's getting expanded in book two which it needs to be but it's a lot to work through I bet I'm personally one of those people who believes that a fantasy book can never be too long. Um, so just keep it coming, you know? I don't know. If I start hitting those 800 pages, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take myself. I don't know. I'll read it. I was just thinking about Crescent City. Crescent City 800. That's what I thought. <laughs> Both. I don't CC mind it. I don't CC mind it. You are 800. I think Kingdom of Ash is like 920 something. So Here's the thing. If it's contemporary, I don't want over 350. But if it's fantasy, I want to be lost in that world as long as possible. Same. So well, gonna- Oh my god. I so as a comparison like contemporary wise, I read a lot of like Mariana Zapata, right? So she has 500 page books. That's so much in, in contemporary. And I was like, I straight up looked at my book when I finished it. And I was like, what the fuck is she putting in there? 
Because I literally, I built the world. I built a magic system. I <laughs> All she I started to do is get from point A to point B with a robot. So. <laughs> and that's not to say everything has its own, like, you know, every genre has its own, like, pitfalls, right? Like, but again, there are so many things that I just had to fucking create and make sure that people understood. And I was like, what is in that book that makes you 500 pages? <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm I'm over here like, probably need to add another 10K in here just <laughs> so this book don't look real skinny. You know? <laughs> oh, I keep getting shorter somehow. Maybe it's just because I'm like getting better at tightening my prose now. But like FTB was 116. <clears throat> OTL was like 114 somewhere in there and then every rule worth breaking is just over 100 so well just go with it was 78 and then just between us was 82 and then with all of the just go with it rewrites it was like 92 Mm -hmm. that's so so crazy to me I'm like hearing those numbers and I'm like I literally just got I'm like not even hitting the class yet and we're at like 50 classes Oh my like god! YouTube. I'm a chronic underwriter, so like, mm-hmm. especially Mood. with on the line, I think I added, I think it was like 94 when I finished my first draft, and it ended up being 114. So I added 20,000 words to that book in, like, after the first draft. With ERWB, it was only like 6,000. I think I added something like that. So it's weird. Yeah, I I'm not say- scared. I don't know. I didn't feel like I was adding that much to just go with it. Um, <laughs> you added quite a bit. But it was at like, it was either 90 or 92, but I think it was at right at 90-ish when I finished it. And then when I added the paperback exclusive bonus epilogue at the end, I think it put it at like 92. So now it's longer than just between us, but just between us was quite a bit longer before yeah so I have a very long developmental process like once it goes to my editor I have a big picture developmental and I also have a developmental line and that takes some time I mean in between that I I added 40k easy because I'm such an underwriter but like when I'm writing I'm fucking writing like you know but I don't know I get to the point where I just like half ass it at certain spots. I'm like, I'll have notes in there and be like, come back and fix this later because I just don't feel yeah. like it. See, I don't know how you do that. I really don't. <laughs> my developmental process is super bad for the environment though, where I literally print my whole fucking book out and then I scribble all over it. And I'll like, I print it like double spaced, but I don't do front and back because I need to be able to write novels on the backs of the pages of my novel. So that's where like all of that extra work comes in. I'm like, oh, and then as I get reading, I'm like, oh shit, you need to add this here. And it's a, it's a like, you know, um, it's like Charlie Day with the murder board. That's how my developmental process is. So I, yeah. or just go with it. I did the environmentally friendly version of that <laughs> on my iPad. <laughs> and I wrote in the margins on there. I don't, I don't um, that. Cause you know, I want my children to be able to live on this planet too. <laughs> um, but 
then it took so long, like literally so long for me to write all of it in there and then go back and type it. And I was like, this is a waste of time for me. So then when I did just between us, I literally just went through and like did line edits, but like, as I was reading on my computer and rewrote things because it was just so much time, especially because on the iPad, I was literally having to like zoom in, write, zoom out, scroll. That's why. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why it was bad. Bad for the environment version works for me. And yeah, it is definitely a pain in the ass to have to go back and like type all that stuff up after I've written it out. But yeah, that's insane. Like it's the only way I can make my brain do it because if I, I have to be able to like flip back and forth and I can't do that on my computer. It just takes too long or my iPad or whatever. So it's, it's a weird process, but I've done it for three books now. So it works for me. Okay, Jada, what are your weird writing quirks or habits? You listen to music when you write, right? Oh, yeah. I, okay, so I, thank you for jarring my memory. So. Amanda watches TV. I do. It's, I don't get it. You what? I watch TV <laughs> watches movies. I watch TV while I'm reading, while I'm writing, while I'm recording this podcast. She'll be like. Right She'll be like watching TV, listening to an audiobook, editing someone else's book and writing her own all at once. And I'm like, I don't, I'm so overstimulated just listening to you say the things that you're doing right now. I don't Especially know like you- at work, I will listen to an audiobook and like be working at the same time. And I work in a law office. So Absolutely. typing, like, it, I don't know. It's just, my brain is not wired correctly. I'm well aware of this fact, but it works for me. I listen to a lot of intense instrumental music and I mean to the point where that's like the only thing I'm listening to for like hours and hours upon end like when I go to my walk when I'm in the grocery store when I am sleeping in bed and my husband particularly hates it because there was like there was one it's called the untold if you go listen to it you're going to be like, she's summoning demons in her dreams. Like, (laughs) that's how scary it is. And I was like listening to it at like 12 o'clock at night, right? Because I don't write anything down. So like, I always like imagine the scenes before I actually go in and, and write them. So my husband like turns over and it's like midnight and he's like, He's like, you're scaring me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll turn it down. <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Um, I don't really know what else that I do that's like super, super weird. I mean, my critique partner would probably like be the one to be like this bitch she will just like jump in and like have no foreshadow whatsoever and just start like going to town but like I always add that stuff back in later so yeah love that you do this though about the music because I'll like listen to a song that makes me think of my book or like of something that's going to happen or I'll listen to a song and it makes me think of something I want to write and then I'm like working through that in my head and how to make it work so I'll just listen to the same song on repeat (laughs) yes three days straight yes and Josh will be like weren't you listening to that 
earlier today and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> since I left this morning it's been on <laughs> like I'm getting home now 10 hours later it's it hasn't stopped today and he's like you're a psychopath and I'm like no it's just the way that my brain works because I did finally figure out that scene not only that but like at the end of the year it was kind of embarrassing because my yes. Spotify it did like the you know how many hours that you listened and it was like you are two percent of the population that listened to <laughs> oh like the blank amounts of listening it was like the highest recorded I was like great <laughs> um my top songs were all of the ones that I listened to um that helped me through uh, plot points in my head. Um, and I kind of forgot about some of them and I pulled it up at the end of the year and I was like, Oh Josh, you remember this song? I listened to this for six days straight. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) how can I forget? Oh, and like, also I was not kidding when I say like, I have to read like, okay. So I don't get this. I did not know until I like became a part of the author community, how many authors don't read. Oh my God. Right. Like same. I was fucking mind blown, dude. I was like, what do you mean you don't read? Like, how do you write? Right. Because every author we have on is like, yeah, I just don't really have time to read. And I'm like, what? I would quit writing before I quit reading. Listen, I get it. I get it. We don't have time out here, but at the same time, or my mental mm. health. I have to. Have I need to read. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's a must. It's not like a, oh, I can put down reading if like I want to. No, no. like I have to. I won't write before I won't read. 100%. Exactly. So in order to continue writing, I will always like read a contemporary book in between sections one time and my critique partner constantly like reminds me of this she's like go read your Delph mafia porn because i read seven books in one day to get myself out of a writing slump and it worked so did it was like sometimes your um you guys did on tiktok that critique partner ick and yeah this was like the first thing she brought up wasn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was one Dilf, of her it was your Delph porn yeah <laughs> Yeah, because we are very, like, invested in each other's um, books. So, like, we're constantly giving feedback. I didn't have her for the beginning stages of ADV, and she didn't have me for the beginning stages of Invoking the Blood, but we are, like, very meshed now. And, like, honestly, my writing is better because of it. Like, I think people are going to see a huge improvement in my writing from book one to book two just because of, like, how much it has helped me because I'm constantly critiquing her work and she's constantly critiquing mine. So we're like getting that full lens. But um, yeah, that is definitely one of hers because I like, I couldn't critique her book. I couldn't do mine. And I was like, what do I do? Like, this is not okay. She's like, sit down and read your fucking porn. I can't deal with you right now. She's like, we are on deadline. She's like, go bitch. It's time. And so, yeah, I binged seven in one day. (laughs) I love it. That was me with Ice Planet Barbarians. Um, That's true. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Really needed that break. And when you're really in like the middle of edits and it's like in the genre that you write in. So hard. Oh my God. It's so hard. Yeah. I can't read. If I'm like 
stark in the middle of edits I cannot read the same genre that I'm writing like I have to read other genres well I never hate my book as much as I do is when I'm on my like third round of edits so I can't read another book in my genre because I'll be like this book is trash it ain't going out oh a thousand percent so that's when I read a lot of fantasy okay Jada if you have any piece of advice for aspiring slash new authors what would it be y'all are hitting me the muso question was like make me sweat i was like i don't know how to answer this um let me see um my best advice is be careful who you take advice from a hundred percent there are so many people that will like give out free advice but like don't have the backing to do so and like even for example like in my muso video I made it very clear like I don't have as much experience with this my critique partner did um you know like there's an authentic authenticity that plays a factor when you give advice, you also need to kind of like give your creds, right? Because there are so many people out here and it's not just authors that will like constantly give you like advice and criticism and things like that. But vet the people who you get advice from because you need criticism. You need it constructively in order to make yourself better. That's why you find like your core group of people to kind of like keep you grounded because it's not when, when you're looking at criticism constructively for your book, it's not a personal thing. It's because we want to all make the book better and let it be the best that it can be. But there are just so many people out there that can kind of like, I guess, like stick their toes in the mud and make it a little bit more difficult when you're trying to get out on the other side. Yep, that Cause we've talked, we talk about this literally all of the time, but this is like the one, the one job or artistic outlet where you literally put your art on paper and then <laughs> send it out and tell everyone to just give you their thoughts on it um, for free. And I don't know, it's, it's hard. I mean, if you're getting like consistent feedback about the exact same thing, you know, that's probably something that needs worked on, but like everyone has such different opinions and it's like, I'll get one review and and be like, man, I should have rewritten the entire ending of this book, but it was literally just like one person's opinion, you know? Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. I, I mean, I was mainly thinking about people like within the author community and people who like, well, beta and alpha read who you are trying to actively get like constructive criticism from Um, when it comes to reviews. I totally agree with you. If there's something that's like consistently pointed out, um, you know, it is definitely something to take a look at. But here's the thing, something that one person might love about your book the other person hates it and that's just because it's they're not your ideal reader and so I I am very I guess like 
fine tuning who I take constructive criticism from within my circle, because if you change your book to fit everyone's needs, you're only, you're not speaking to like the people who need to read your book anymore. Right. Yep. So. And that Emily and Austin last week um, said something in the same vein where, you know, write what you love. Mm-hmm. and your readers will find you so yep because they'll let I mean they will let you know if the they the reviewers will let you know Period. if this is not the book for them <laughs> they will let you know a hundred percent oh yeah but they will also let you know if it was the book for them so okay what do you have coming next and when when you're putting me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) so I actually just talked to my editor today I'm looking at starting edits for my second book that I'm not releasing the title yet for in the fate of vengeance series so book two of a deadly vow I'm gonna start edits in July I'm looking to finish those by December and then um, I'm going to try and do like a street team this go around. So they'll get an early advanced copy. Uh, and I'm hoping to do like boxes and things like that. And then I'll still, of course, do the e-arcs. And then I'm looking to release my book in May. So my publishing schedule is more like from each date, it's probably going to be around like a year and three months, three to four, give or take. If ever the book starts to get really hefty, it could get pushed back. And that's not really because I want to push it back. It's just because I'm trying to do what's best for the book. Mads and I have both done that with our next releases. So, Yeah, Jada, when I told you that, (laughs) 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 she was like, oh my gosh, I have to push back my edits too because I've just got so much how much do you have? And I was like, well, I'm 25K into the first draft <laughs> of a, a book that's due to my editor in nine weeks. So now I've got 12 weeks. I was like, oh my God. No, I don't roll like that. I can't roll like that. <laughs> I've got to have large deadlines. Oh my God. I'm really like rolling like this. <laughs> Amanda, you have like I... the strictest deadlines, I think, out of all of us. Well, this last, with every role worth breaking, I originally planned to release it on April 7th. And it got to the point where I was like, end of December. So like around Christmas time, around my birthday, got to the point where I was like, I'm not done with this draft. Like, <laughs> I, this book is not written. I cannot send it out to beta readers right now. Like, I don't. That was when you it. decided you didn't even like the tropes that you had and you're like why am I trying to force this trope it's not working in this book yeah the nice thing was that fixing it was like relatively easy thank god but yeah I got to that was another thing too where I was like the fake dating since I've talked about it had a lot bigger presence in the initial draft and I scaled it back a lot so it got to the point where I was just like why am I doing this to myself like I'm in indie I can do whatever the fuck I want so I like I that. Back, yeah. Gave myself an extra, you know, month to get edits done, push it back three weeks. And now it's, it's going well, but yeah, it got to the point where I was like, I have to have this to my betas tomorrow. If I want them 
to have at least two weeks to read it. So like, I have to finish this now, like have to. So the nice thing oh my about gosh, yes. the next book is that I write really fast too. Um, so I haven't started it yet, but I'm not. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming so, out in August. Yeah. August. <laughs> so that's the plan anyway. Um, it goes to my editor at the beginning of June. So my problem is I have like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I just have a very lengthy like process where like I'll have beta readers during developmental, I'll have beta readers during line, I'll have beta readers during proof, like, and I stagger them out and it's mainly to catch things as they come because I am an underwriter and I'm also very fast paced. So if I really start changing things, it's like a literal domino from hell. I mean, just like huge boulder off the sky, ready to crush me. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I did have everyone read my outline so they know where the story is going. And I know where the story is going. (laughs) And to be fair, I have betas reading as I write. So I just have to write the dang thing and then I'm done. Kind of. Or so you think. Yeah, no, if you make any tiny changes to the beginning, I'm not making <laughs> <laughs> When, when I was reading. <laughs> Listen, Just Between Us is a fabulous book, so you're welcome. I, don't I know, know I just can't do it me. again. I can't. She literally had, I mean, she was like balls deep in her second draft. Like, <laughs> complete rewrite. And I'm like, what if you did this at the beginning? Like, change their meet cue, and it changed the whole trajectory of the story, which I love. Writing is rewriting. That was they never didn't... my intention, but it they also, didn't like... meet at the bar the night before in the. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did not. But it was never my intention to like precipitate an entire rewrite. But at the same time, that book is fabulous now. So I don't, I don't know what more you want from editing me. is pain. Editing is fucking pain. Fucking people who say editing is their favorite part are psychopaths. No, seriously. Like I I mean, because you just constantly you're like rereading things and like I mean, you get to the point where you're like, I don't even know if this fucking makes sense. Like I remember you texting (laughs) me being like, Does editing get better? And I was like, No. No. Don't even don't even get your hopes up. It doesn't. It, it never gets a better. Full sucking process from start to finish, no matter how how many times you do it. That's Doesn't why happen. I did a detailed outline this go around because I was like, I can't, I can't handle edits the way that I've been handling edits thus far, um, and still re-rate. live through it. Yeah. So. I don't know I, if I could physically do that though. I forced myself to. Honestly, well, just don't I'll take this the wrong way. <laughs> When I was reading your outline, I was like, wow, I could never do this. <laughs> and it's not because like the con like the content's great. Like I I understand it. But my brain, like just the thought of doing that, I was like, wow, it just would not happen. <laughs> um, same because I was completely a panther. Um, but I was like, after my literal meltdowns that I had at the end of just go or just between us I'll I can't do this again Madison you won't do this again you've got to figure out a better system or you're done writing um and so that's why I decided to go ahead and try the hand at the outline and it really wasn't as bad as I thought um I might try it after I don't know I might try it after I have the first draft because my first draft is like a pre-draft 
and then we we go in well I also I feel like when I I couldn't have done it with with Jessica with it I could not have I had no idea like story pacing any of the things that like needed to happen when they needed to happen I think I kind of figured it out along the way but like I couldn't have sat down and wrote an outline for that book and then with just between us I also did not outline and I wrote it all out and then once I was like making all the changes and everything on the third draft fourth I think I'd finished my third draft and then I went back and did a fourth I kind of outlined chapter by chapter for the rest of the things that I needed to change because I was like I need to know how much I need to be doing per day to get this done by my deadline and I actually really liked it because it gave me like a clearer picture of what needed to happen when and so when I did it for my third book I feel like it Thank you uh, thank for you. having me. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I guess, Dana, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I think I blacked out, like, this entire episode. <laughs> oh my God. I have no idea what I said. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, if you're not already, go follow us on Instagram at heartbreaks.pod. We don't have any bonus content, but we're full <laughs> follow when we remember to post. So highly recommend you go check us out over there. Um, we're also attempting to up our TikTok game. So the handle over there is also HEAs and heartbreaks.pod. And yeah, that's it. Um, we'll see you next time, Heartbreakers. Shoot, yeah, boy. <laughs>